0: You are listening to the Life Church Podcast. To learn more about Life Church, our gathering times at any of our central Indiana locations, or our Life Crew online, visit us at lifechurchin.com or follow the link in the description. Today's talk is from Pastor Derek Lopez. Hey, we're in Second Samuel chapter 8, is where we'll be. Before we jump into it, let me go ahead and tell you a story about my family. Um, I believe that you'll enjoy this. So our two oldest girls, I talked about how we had this conversation with them about, you know, what's important, what's most important. And so they're getting ready for camp. They're packing up to leave last Sunday afternoon. And uh, I asked one of my daughters, hey, what's the number one priority for your life? She goes, prosperity? (laughs) So... At least she was thinking about what is important, Um, like, well, you know, how you live is important, but it's not, the most important thing is your relationship with Jesus, so I thought that was cute, I thought it was funny, I was like, I have to share it, I think it will minister to people, but hey, let's go into the word, the important thing, amen? So we were in chapter 7 last week, the second half, about David's response to God, how he had this attitude of gratitude of what God said he would do, that God would make his name famous, that God would put him at peace with his enemies, that God would actually bless the nation of Israel, and that David's kingdom would endure forever. And so we see that David is, is really grateful for what God has done. And so his response is just, he's so overwhelmed by what God is doing. So now we come to chapter 8. And this is a fulfillment of the promise, partial fulfillment of the promise that God said, I'll put you at peace with your enemies. Um, we don't know if this is before or after chapter 7. I, I think it's probably after, but, but theologians don't actually know for sure. But in chapter 8 of verse 1, it says, In the course of time... David defeated the Philistines and subdued them. He took Metleg Amah from control of the Philistines. So important to note in this chapter that the nation of Israel is surrounded north, south, east, and west by enemies. And so there's this pressure that David has that he faces as being the king of the nation of Israel. Obviously, the Philistines have been like Israel's mortal enemy since since they've gotten there, and so David he actually takes control over this city. In the name of the city, what it means is uh, mother city or bride of the mother city. So it's super important that he got that. And really, this is partial fulfillment of of how he he sent Samson and different judges to come against the Philistines. Well, David puts an end to it and puts the end of the reign of the Philistines. And what he does is he goes right for the jugular. He goes right to that mother city, and he has a strategy. He wants to take it out because he wants to take out the life of it. He wants to take take out the root of the strength of the Philistines. And, you know, for you and I, it's the same way. We should have a strategy, especially when it comes to sin. And so the strategy that Jesus, that he gave us, is in Matthew chapter 5, verse 29. Jesus said this, If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to go into hell. And so Jesus isn't saying... Hey, you should actually cut off your hand. You should actually pluck out your eye, obviously. He's saying that the most important thing is that you have relationship with the Father. And so sin is what separates us with God. And we don't want that separation. We We want community with our Father. We want to be in relationship with him. And so, if there's something in your life that causes you to stumble, whether it is Instagram or something you see online, if it is a relationship, if it's someone that you talk to at work, you got to cut it off. It's better that you just cut that bad boy off and let it go than you be thrown into hell and you live in a life of sin because Jesus said you can't serve two masters. Either you'll love one, or, and hate the other. We, don't want, we, want to, we want to be in love with our king. We want him to be number one priority, not prosperity, right? He's number one priority. So cut off sin. That's the first thing that we learn. There's, there's different things that we can glean from this passage. And let me say this. This chapter was a little bit challenging for me. But there's some things I really believe that can help us, especially in the area of spiritual warfare. So this is what we're going to dive into a little bit. The first thing with spiritual warfare is we want to cut off sin. We want to pull it out at the root. Verse 2 says that David also defeated the Moabites, and he made them lie down on the ground and measured them off with the length of a cord. Every two lengths of them were put to death, and the third length was allowed to live. So the Moabites became subject and brought him tribute. Man, like, talk about an extreme pick, right? You ever been lined up for a game like dodgeball or basketball, and you're getting, man, I hope I get picked for this team. Man, this is the ultimate team you want to be picked on, is the one who would live and not die. And this seems really extreme, but let me explain what what is happening with the nation of Moab. David's history is his great-grandmother Ruth, she is actually a, a Moabite. And so she says to Naomi that, hey, I'm going to, your people are going to be my people and your God is going to be my God. So she actually neglects and pushes them to the side. It'd be like saying if us as Americans, hey, I'm going to go be Australian instead of I'm going to push all that stuff and leave it by my citizenship. I'm going to leave it behind and set and start over. So David even has this lineage of deciding to follow with the Lord's people instead of with his, with his own people. That's what, that was what, Ruth, what Ruth's uh, uh, lineage is, is that she decided to fall after the Lord, God Almighty. So then also David, his parents, are uh, take refuge underneath the king of Moab, and they say we're going to take care of them. And we don't know this for sure, but the uh, Jewish tradition says that the Moabites most likely killed David's parents. And so this might be in response where he has them lay down, and he says, okay, we're going to play a game. This is going to be fun. You kill my parents. We're going to play this game. And he puts the cord down. Two of you die. You killed both my parents, two of you. Next one lives. So possibly he does that. We don't know for sure. But what we do know is that Moab is against the nation of Israel and against God's ways. One of the things that uh, the nation of Moab does is Moab actually uh, sends this guy, uh, to, to curse the nation of Israel. So they send Balaam, and, 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 and really that shows that they're a place of witchcraft, that they're a place of wickedness, that they want God's people to be cursed. And really, just side note, that's what the Church of Satan does. The Church of Satan, every Halloween... They do this where they actually get together and they pray. You know what they pray? They pray that fathers will leave their their families. They pray to Satan that pastors will fall. They pray that husbands will commit adultery to Satan. Now, I'm not a Satanist. I've learned this through other ministers who have interviewed ex-Satanists. And I'm just saying, like, what we see with moab what moab does is what is happening behind the scenes and what we're seeing in our culture is a little bit of that cultivating back up because they're starting to have no shame they're starting to just say it but it's also confusing because then they'll say well sex trafficking isn't actually a thing so that's mind-boggling that cnn rolling stones it's i'm not surprised but they just completely deny truth just for everyone to be aware. And then what happens is in Numbers 25, because Balaam doesn't curse, they send women to Israel. Israel begins to sleep with these women, and the women invite them to the sacrifices of their little g-gods. And it says that the nation of Israel bows down to these idols. God is upset, he is angry, and he ends up going and, and telling Moses that he's to start to kill people. 24,000 people die. But you know, the difference is, is that a man of God stands up and says, no more. We're not going to live in sin. So he takes a spear and he stabs it through these two who are having sex in front of the tent of meeting. We have to stand. Amen. We have to call it out. We have to say it. Can't be afraid. We have to be people of authority who walk in authority and wield our weapons. What's our weapon? Our weapon's the Word. When someone says we can allow this thing or allow that thing, no, the Word says. But it, what does the Word say? What does the Word say? Hey, what's your opinion? Well, it's not my opinion. It's what the Word says. And that's what we want. We want His Word. 1 John chapter 2, the apostle writes in verse 15, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, does not come from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God will live forever. Do you want to be in the will of God? I want to be in the will of God. And so David, he had to make a decision. I believe, whether his parents were killed or not, Am I going to allow these people to continue in their sin and lead us into sin? Or am I going to cut it off? And so we have to make that decision as well. There might be some relationships that we have to cut off or keep at a distance. I can't be buddy-buddy with with my friend who's always doing drugs and and sleeping around. Yes, God bless him. I want to minister to him, but he can't be my closest friend. Jesus is my closest friend. We have to decide to follow Jesus at all costs. In spiritual warfare, we have to decide to follow Jesus with all that we are. Verse 3 says, Moreover, David defeated Hadezer, son of Rehoboam, king of Zobah, when he went to restore his monument at the Euphrates River. So, restore his monument. One commentary I read said that it actually means control of. And that that was a poor translation. I'm not a Bible scholar, don't know. But he goes all the way up to the Euphrates River. That's a long ways from where the nation of Israel is. And it's fulfillment of what God had said to Abraham, that it would be all the way from the Nile to the Euphrates River that they'll have the territory that God gives them the land. So David, I believe, because he wants to be in the will of God, he goes after it. I think that David wanted to know the fullness of God, so he said, yeah, I'm going to go to the battle to the north and get that territory because it's ours. In spiritual warfare, we have to go take our territory. We take our territory in prayer in Jesus' name. We stand in the name of Jesus and in his authority. We don't just pray wimpy prayers where we say, Father, please help No, we have authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. So we speak to things that are not of God, and we say, you will not have my family in Jesus' name. I come against the spirit of adultery in in this community. I come against the spirit of division. I come against the spirit of racism. We have authority in Christ Jesus and in Jesus' name. We have to stand, amen? We have to go take it. The violent take it by force. Let's take it by force. I'm getting I'm getting passionate. <laughs> let's take it, let's take let's take this, this area by force in the name of Jesus through prayer. You know, prayer is also the greatest time saver. Did you know that? Think about it. Prayer is the greatest time saver in our life. Think about Daniel. If he hadn't prayed. He prayed for 21 days. If he hadn't prayed, he would have never heard the message from the angel. It saves time. Prayer is important. Prayer is not just throwing up lofty words and not caring. It's talking and communication with our Father. That's what we should do. So if you're not doing it, I invite you to get in your word. Read the word. You can actually read the word in prayer. Lord, your word says, no weapon formed against me will prosper. Speak it over your life. We want to be people of the world, and we must be all in. In spiritual warfare, we must be all in and in this Christian life to follow Jesus. Verse 4, David captured a thousand chariots and 7,000 charioteers and 20,000 foot soldiers. He hamstrung all but a hundred of the chariot horses. So (laughs) that seems a little uh, intense that he did that to all those horses. They could have used those for Different things, but this is what David is doing it's from Deuteronomy seventeen uh, he, God actually gives this command that when you select a king you're not to uh, he's not to multiply horses unto himself he's also not to multiply gold and women but and David does those two but he doesn't do the horses so he keeps half of the word of God and he he follows after what the Lord said in that with with horses so so God does that because he says in Psalms, do not, don't put your trust in chariots or horses, but in the Lord your God. And so we don't, trust in, we don't trust in what we have. We don't trust in the fact that we're Americans. We don't trust in the fact that, that we, are, we live in such a blessed area. No, we trust in Jesus. We trust in him and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. But one thing David did do, he, he multiplied the wives, he brought gold, and it ended up bringing destruction to the nation. So what I would say to you is don't follow the word completely. And let me say it that way. Follow the word with all that you have and all that you are. Because David, when he didn't do that, he brought these other women in and other relationships. He didn't value his own marriage, so he didn't value Bathsheba's marriage. And then so he has all these kids from different women. He can't keep up relationally. I have seven. I can barely keep up. And so David, he he he's busy, he's keen, he's doing all this stuff, and there's all this jealousy, dissension. I want the throne, no, I want the throne. And that wasn't God's will for his life. God allowed it to happen. It was in his permissive will, but it wasn't in his perfect will. And we want his perfect will. And then David he multiplied gold. Solomon grabbed gold, and what ends up happening generations past, there comes this traveler to Israel. To Jerusalem and he sees uh, the king takes him in and shows him all the beauty shows him the treasures he goes back he tells the king of Persia the stories and I'm sure that it was a great grandson or grandson who heard the stories of the lavishness of Israel and then they go off and they take Israel into captivity so we want to follow the word of God completely we may not see the benefits immediately but I believe there's a benefit that lasts generationally Amen, everybody so David, he didn't follow God's instruction fully, so we must remove temptation and choose to follow our king. Verse five: The Armenians of Damascus came to help Hadezer king of Zoba. David struck down twenty two thousand of them. It's pretty awesome, and he put garrisons in the Armenian kingdoms of Damascus, and the Armenians became subject to him and brought him tribute. The Lord gave David victory everywhere he went. You know, one of, the, one of the things about the the armor of God is the shield of faith. And it's important that we understand that we have, we can stand in faith. God is our strong tower. He's our mighty fortress. And let me read this Psalm 121 to you. Just even, just take this as a blessing and believe it. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The same God who helped David helps you. Verse 3, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over you, over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. Well, how awesome that is. He watches over us. He doesn't sleep or slumber. He's an active God. He doesn't fall asleep. He's he's awake. He knows what's going on. He's all-knowing. Isn't that awesome? He's for you. He's not against you. He's not going to leave you Out in the in the heat. Verse 7. David took the gold shields that belonged to the officers of Hadezer and brought them to Jerusalem. And from Hardtown and other hard town that I can't read. Towns that belonged to Hadezer. Man, that's a his mom, whoever named him. (laughs) King David took a great quantity of bronze. Now he uses that, or he Solomon uses that to build the temple. But it says, when Tahu, king of Hamath, heard that David had defeated the entire army of Had'ezer, he sent his son Joram to David to greet him and congratulate him on his victory over the guy who had been with who had been at war with Tahu. So this guy's been at war with his enemy. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. So Joram brought him articles of silver and gold. So really, this king gets smart. He understands who is the one really in authority, who's the one who has the power in the land, and how much more for us, we should recognize who has authority in our life and submit to his authority. That's what this king does, is he submits to the authority of God. And you know, the Bible says that that we should submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. We don't Resist the devil whenever we want and live however we want. Do whatever we want. Say whatever we want. We submit to the Lord. That's a huge key in spiritual warfare. We choose to submit to the Lord our God. Resist the devil and he must go. You know what Martin Luther says? He says that you flog the devil with scripture. And you mock him with it. So that's what we do. We beat him up with the the word of God. Verse 11 says, King David dedicated these articles to the Lord as he had done with the silver and gold from all the nations he had subdued, Edom and Moab, the Ammonites, the Philistines, Amalek. He also dedicated the plunder taken from adi and from Rehoboth and, and Zobah, so many different names here. 13, and David became famous. This is a fulfillment of what God said in chapter 7. After he had returned from striking down, 18,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. So that's modern-day Syria. And it says, He put garrisons in Edom. Throughout all the Edomites, he became, became subject to David, and the Lord gave David victory wherever he went. Psalm 23 says that he puts a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Now, that's completely surrounded by our enemies. So we sit at this table surrounded by our enemies just like David. But what David does is he takes territory, he takes authority, he ends up putting these barracks, these forts in Edom, which is actually their descendants of Esau. And so Esau, is the, the Bible says that, that the older will serve the younger, Esau will serve Jacob. And this is what's happening. It's the fulfillment of that. But, you know, God puts you at peace with your enemies. And and we, we eat at a table. We feast at a table in the presence of our enemies. And we're surrounded right now. We're surrounded by confusion. We're surrounded by sexual sin and temptation. We're surrounded by communist ideas and socialist ideas. But be at peace because he puts you at a table. In the presence of your enemies, you get to eat. He takes care of you. He makes you lie down by, by uh, calm waters. He restores your soul. So when he puts these forts there, really what he's doing is he's, he is making sure that the enemy can no longer rise up. And that's what we should do. Jesus said to watch. You don't know what hour I'm going to return. Watch and wait. And so we want to be people who are, who are, very, we are very vigilant about what's going on, about the, the weapons of the enemy. We are not, we're not misinformed. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He does it through uh, the, the pride of life, the, the lust of the eyes, and the lust of the flesh. And so what I say to you is, in spiritual warfare, you have to watch. Don't get prideful saying, I'm great, God has called me, I've been grafted in. Well, he could also be grafted out of the nation of Israel, out of God's kingdom. That can happen to us. We have to make sure that we are observant and we are not letting little things come in and slip and watch things we shouldn't watch or do things that we shouldn't do, have relationships and conversations with people we shouldn't have conversations at the water cooler with. We have to be, we have to be vigilant and understand that if it can happen to somebody else, it can happen to us and have that humble heart. Verse 15 it says, David reigned over all of Israel, doing what was just and right for all his people. Joab, son of Zeruiah, was over the army. Jehoshaphat, son of Eliud, was recorder. And Zadok, son of Hardname, and Abimelech, son of Abiathar, were priests. Zariah, was Secretary Benaniah, son of Jehoiada, was over the Kerithites and Pelathites, and David's sons were priests. What I want you to see here in these verses is that you cannot complete God's will from your life without other relationships. You need other people. That's why life groups are so important. The Bible says, "Is iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another." And we're going to start life groups in September. If you would like to lead a life group, please come. Uh, On the 23rd, we're going to have at Noblesville a training for all life group leaders. We want you to be a part of that. But who knows that sometimes people let you down. And these men, two of these men, one of them the priest and the other uh, Joab, they actually go against David. Now Joab, Joab is a bad dude. Joab, he scales a wall and takes a city. He goes, he conquers people. He, he kills his, his rival, his enemy, like in the open. He's a bad guy. He's like Tim Ballard from, from The Sound of Freedom. He's a bad dude. They asked Tim Ballard in the movie. They're like, well, you can't go there. And he said, so? Well, we're not going to be able to get you out. And he says, I don't care. A bad dude like, like Joab. But what's interesting is one of these people listed, Beniah. he's listed as one of David's 30 mighty men, but Joab is not. I think Joab had every qualification except loyalty. How shameful it would be for us to get to heaven, and we're not called servants of the Lord Most High. We want to wash people's feet. We want to be followers of the way, of His truth. I want to be one of God's mighty men. You know that song? I may never march in the infantry, ride in, come on, cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yeah, that's what we need. We need to be in his army. We have purpose. And look, you may not do anything super great or super grand. But your faithfulness to the Lord is what shows his greatness as we pull people in. We want to be people of faithfulness who follows after him. I like to sing just so everyone knows as we continue this relationship that we have. (laughs) But some of these people let David down, and people will let you down, but God will never let you down. So you have to stand in faith in the authority of Christ Jesus. As we live in this area and we we combat the works of the enemy. And maybe you feel like God has let you down. He's always been there. He's with you now. He's with us. If you believe in Christ Jesus, he's in you. Man, but you can't have faith and trust in Jesus if you don't know him first. So I invite you to come to know him if you don't know him or to rededicate your life because you have to be either all in or all out, like David. Would you all bow with me as we pray? If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us, share with a friend, and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. Our mission is simple. Come to life, connect to grow, find your purpose, make a difference. Thanks for listening to the Life Church podcast.